0: It is so much harder to go from zero to one than it is to go from one to a hundred. And so I think if you haven't taken action, it's that first action step.
1: Hello, welcome to another episode of Get Your Fill, Financial Independence and Long Life. Where while while we are exploring ways to achieve those two goals, people come on like out of the blue. So last week, if you listen in on the episode with Curtis May, one of the very first things he mentioned was the book Profit First. And then here along comes Rocky Lalvani, who unbelievably is exactly going to talk to us about even deeper, go even deeper into that idea that as a business owner, you should pay yourself first. Um, Rocky is the millionaire next door. He's just, you might think he's a regular guy, but he's he's the millionaire next door. He helps business owners and people, other people, like non-business owners, like what we might call normal people, uh, to achieve their financial goals as a profit first professional. So Rocky, thanks so much for being with us today.
0: Thank you so much for having me on, Christine. Excited to be with you today.
1: So as a business owner, especially right now where I'm starting I guess I could say another new business. It's very, this idea of like taking money out of a pocket that's already pretty empty and putting some of it into my own personal account is, it's a little scary. It's a little um, petrifying.
0: I think this is where a lot of people misunderstand profit first. Just because you allocate money to profit doesn't mean you need to distribute profit. As a matter of fact, in the early stages of the business, a lot of times we'll just let it build up so that you build up your war chest and your cash buffer so that should you hit a bump, which surprisingly will happen, (laughs) you can handle it. It'll be annoying and frustrating, but you'd be like, I have to write a check. I'll write a check. I have cash. And, And that's really what it's about. It's about appropriately using your cash putting some constraints around it it's actually built on the principles of pay yourself first right in in the personal finance realm a lot of people talk about envelope uh banking are you familiar with that yeah so basically all you're doing is you're giving each dollar a job and you're sending it to do the job that's essentially what profit first does it says okay we have a business, we're supposed to be profitable. How about we actually put some money in the profit account? How about (laughs) we put some money in the pay me account because I deserve to get paid? How about we save for taxes? Because for a new business owner, the first time they are profitable and they see their CPA and they do their taxes, they freak out over how much they owe in taxes, which creates a whole nother issue. But if you put money aside for taxes, then you stroke a check. Annoying, yes, but doable. And then we constrain what we spend in the business. There's something known as Parkinson's law. Parkinson's law says, we will use up all the time and money allocated. So whatever you allocate, it's gone. You're gonna do a project. They're gonna say, what's your timeline? What's your budget? Nobody's gonna come in and say, oh, we can do it for half that in in half the time. doesn't <laughs> happen. They will spend it all, right? Oh, yeah. So by constraining everything, you just learn to be more resourceful. You figure out how to get it done faster, quicker, and easier. And that's literally what the principles behind Profit First are, creating a systematic approach to handling your money, and managing your cash flow, which most business owners struggle with. And here's the dirty secret I don't know how many of you own seven and eight figure businesses, but I will tell you that while the top line is wonderful and you're all like, wow, for many of these business owners, the bottom line is like, ooh, you're not even getting paid that much. All that time, all that stress, and all that effort, and they don't have the money to show for it. And many times they don't have the cash flow. So by, by doing this in the appropriate way, you actually
1: can skip all of that. <laughs> but Rocky, are you sort of talking about, because like right now, my business hasn't even officially opened yet. So mm-hmm. we're talking about not just like taking money out of the budget to do like renovations. We're talking about once money starts coming in, that we give it little their own its own bucket
0: correct so you're starting your business with some seed capital i'm assuming correct mm-hmm. we what we like to do with seed capital is put it in a separate bank account because i want you to feel your seed capital disappearing right i want you <laughs> to that actually- doesn't feel good rocky <laughs> no and that's when that then what does that do automatically hmm do i really need to spend this is this the best way to spend it So what we're doing is we're tying to your emotions of that. If you put your sheet capital and you mix it in with everything else, you can't tell what's what. And then you don't make the wisest decisions. Now, every time a brand new dollar comes into your business, we allocate it according to the profit first system. So you are profitable dollar one. Okay. You don't sound like you believe.
1: (laughs) Well, I actually have just done my forecast and I like the end of the year before I have any, what you would even call, well, that's like a break-even point. But that's also gets into all kinds of wiggly numbers, like how fast sales are going to grow and things like that, so.
0: So let me ask you a question. What's causing your overhead to be so high that it's going to take you that long to hit a profitable space?
1: Well, it's a physical space. So this is the first time I've done anything like this. It's a co-working space. So it's a physical building, which has rent and it has uh, rentals, like copy machines and coffee machines Mm -hmm. and uh, Wi-Fi bills and like a lot of monthly expenses that are just going to be, that are just kind of necessities. You know, people aren't going to come to work here if they don't have fast Wi-Fi, things like that, you know, things that I think are important to the business. But yeah, it just seems like a high overhead business.
0: <laughs> well, so let's let's just take, and we're not going to use real numbers. We're just going to discuss some yeah. generalities today. But let's just say your overhead for this building is $10,000, Okay, right? Sir, I don't know if you, did you lease it or did you purchase it?
1: Well, so that's an interesting question because I own it, but in another entity. Okay,
0: so let's just assume in this case, you lease the building because yes. the other entity should get market rate. So you're going to pay your other entity rent. So we've got our our rent. You've got all those things that you talked about, high-speed internet, all that that stuff. You're going to come up with a number. Let's just keep it simple and say it's $10,000. Yeah. Okay. So every month, $10,000 is going out. Right. You have X amount of offices in that space. Let's make it simple. Let's just say there's 40, right? So if there's 40 in the space, in order to break even with forty, you got to charge two fifty a month. So if you if you leased every space out at two hundred fifty dollars a month, you'd have ten grand a month coming in and nothing to show for it.
1: Right,
0: right. So that means we've got to we've got to clearly charge more than two fifty a space. Let's just say it's five hundred a space. Now we've got a fifty percent. I'll call it profit margin because if you've covered all your overhead and everything. You should be able to take the other half home. Right. So that means that in order for this to work, we've got to get your first 20 spaces leased at $500. And so the question is how quickly can we do that? What do we do so that before you even open, 10 of those are leased? And the first week, the other 10 are leased. And now we're at break even day 7 yeah. but that's the that's where profit first comes in it goes okay this is what i need to do and until i do this i'm losing money what do i have to do to make that happen right and and i think it's just it's cha- it's number one having clarity so not everyone has clarity on the numbers number two it's like hey wait a minute we're not going to start hiring and spending and doing all of this until we can cover our first nut Now, if you sit down and say to me, okay, first month, we're only going to get 15 or 10, well, then you can at least start projecting out for this how long is it going to be till we get to 20? Right. And is that realistic? And then how long till we get to 30 and 40? Um, I don't know what the coast working space market is like today. I know that prior to COVID, those places were filling up overnight. Like, like that, you could do it because there were a lot of solopreneurs that were looking for a place to go hang out, work and have a little bit more of an office. And even in today, you know, a lot of people can't work at home because they got screaming kids, screaming dog. Right. So, you know, if, if it works, then then it works. But at least, you know, your numbers. Yeah. You've and what did we did that all on the back of a napkin? This is not right calculus. we don't do calculus we do (laughs) second grade math (laughs) thank goodness (laughs) thank goodness yeah good luck
1: (laughs) thank you thank you big grand opening this month so but now that i don't know if you want to go down this uh road but Thinking about the idea of like marketing, you know, making money, having to having to put out additional money in order to bring in some of that.
0: So here's my question: Do you have to spend money to market?
1: Well, maybe another, you do, and yeah, maybe you question. don't.
0: So, yeah. how many of your listeners are local to to
1: your show? You
0: Not know? that many,
1: actually. Not that many. Okay. Yeah. Do they know where you are? Are you okay sharing? Sure. Yeah, it's it. The space is in Tingsboro, Mass. Bridgeview Circle in Tingsboro, Mass. But okay. it, it, we actually have listeners in fifty countries, uh, and in fifty states. But not that many of them are actually in Massachusetts, surprisingly. So,
0: but they all know somebody probably in Massachusetts. Yes, they do. Maybe send they them know, over. <laughs> send them. But let. But so, let me ask you a question. If if they sent somebody over and they signed up for a six month lease, would you be willing to send them a hundred dollars? Sure. Okay. There's your offer, people. We just got (laughs) you free marketing. Get out on social media. Tell everyone there's a new place opening up. And if they sign up, you get $100. What could be easier? And see, this is what resourceful means. Figure out how can I get other people to help me out with marketing without me writing a check. And when you have constraints, you think out of the box.
1: Yeah. And you're right. It's very easy to fall into a uh, like a place where you feel like, well, it doesn't matter because everything is so expensive, and I'm not going to have the money to do it anyway. So I might as well go deeply into debt and just keep spending money on everything. <laughs> no, let me ask you: Are there any local coffee shops by you? Yeah,
0: I would literally, I would go to the coffee shop owner and go, "Hey, you know, some of the people that sit here half the day, suck up your Wi-Fi, and don't buy anything." Tell them they need a co-working space. Here's a flyer. I'll give you a hundred bucks for everyone you kick out
1: of here. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> yeah. You just have to be creative. Yeah. Exactly. Excellent. See, so you're not just a profit first guy. You're also like a marketing guru. And well, how else are you going to be profitable? Like right. when
0: we look at profitability in a company, we only have a couple of levers, right? One of them is increasing, appropriately increasing sales. Too often people will increase sales and they discount and they don't realize that they gave away their profit margin. And now every time they sell something, they're losing money. They're, they're dying, you know, death yeah. by a thousand cuts. Yeah. Um. So we look at that and we also, I mean, because we look at all these companies, we see how they've spent on marketing in the past. We see what works, what doesn't. The truth is most people waste 80 to 90% of their money on marketing. We just can't figure out which 20% works always. Right. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> but the better you get out, the more we do that. And then we look at cutting expenses or appropriately spending. And so it's just the this is what we do all day. We help business owners to find the ideas, to think out of the box, to be able to do that. Because I think most people have diamonds in front of them. They just can't see them. Yeah. So our job is to help them see the diamonds in front of them. You just got five lead sources from five different coffee shops and you didn't spend a penny on marketing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. It's interesting. I was talking to an entrepreneur today and she said, well, I didn't do a website yet because I felt like you know, I just wanted to do social media. And we all thought, geez, you know, if people don't know what you charge and they can't order because she makes cakes. You know, I said, people can't order online. They don't know what you charge. I, don't, I think you're hurting your business by saving 20 bucks a month on your website hosting. You know, <laughs> it's like,
0: come on. <laughs> well, and so a couple things to think of here. Um, when you are on social media, you don't own the real estate. Right. Okay. Somebody else does. And a couple of things to think of with that, just with social media and people don't realize this. Let's say you're on Facebook. One out of 10 of your posts is shown to your followers. So people who've said, I want to watch the cake shop, 90% of them aren't seeing the cake shop. So now it's really hard to reach somebody. You go on some of these other platforms, there's this big, big retailer. They dominated the world that Starts with an A. <laughs> I will tell you that there is a reason that they have a ton of money because every time you sell something on there, they literally take a third of it. Yeah. It is very hard to do business on that platform because most people can't create the margins in a highly competitive space to be able to do that. Right. So again, you're on somebody else's real estate, right? You're not on your own. Like you said, building a website is pretty easy these days, 20 bucks. A, it doesn't even, yeah, I guess 20 bucks a month. To host it, I think. To host it. Yeah, you can yeah. find, I actually, you can get on HostGator, I think, for $160 for three years or something. Or wow. I don't know what the current plan is. They, they do it as a giveaway for signing up in the beginning. The yeah. point is, even at 20 bucks a month, get yourself up, get the basics up, Get an email. But and that's the other thing. In the beginning, it's it's literally knocking on doors, calling people up, which people don't like to do. Yeah. You've got to get people to come to your website. Yeah. And that's not easy. People think I throw up a website and the traffic's going to flow. It doesn't.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The other thing
0: they worry about is getting a business card. I need a business card. No, you don't need a business card. The young people don't even know what business cards are.
1: Right. Exactly. A virtual business card,
0: <laughs> virtual business cards. Yeah.
1: yeah. So Rocky, how does it work when someone first, first of all, how do people normally find you? Is it what's your. Um.
0: So a couple things that we do. Number one, our main outreach is my podcast where I teach everything that we do. So yeah. that's profit answer, man. People will listen to your today, maybe. And if they're a business owner, they want to learn more. They come listen to the podcast. And honestly, they probably hang out there for three to six months. And then they show up on my calendar and say, let's chat. Yeah. Some people do it sooner. Some people take longer. The other is, you know, one-to-one networking, going yeah. to conferences, going out and meeting people. And then there's referrals. So, you know, they all kind of go like this up and down. And and it just varies um, how that looks. And then if if sales aren't where I want them to be, I pick up the phone and I start calling people. (laughs) Amazing what happens when you do that.
1: (laughs) I know, exactly. That's what they say. The harder I work, the luckier I get. (laughs) Yeah,
0: the harder you work, the luckier you get.
1: So, so true. Yeah. And do you normally work, at what stage of the business do you normally start working with people? So for one-on-one coaching,
0: usually we're at a half million up into seven and eight figures. Mm-hmm. However, what we found is we were getting a lot of people coming to us who were not at that stage but who desperately needed help. So yeah. we've actually just created a new program that regardless of where you are revenue wise, whether you're just starting your business, we've created a program that is perfect for you. It's called the Profit Blueprint and it comes with different levels of support. So every level is supported. It's just, it includes one-on-one time with us. Mm -hmm. So the higher tiers have more one-on-one time. And, you know, if you're a relatively small business, you're just getting started, like, you know, the example we went over today, I mean, the mid-tier package, we would get you started, talk about what we just talked about in a little bit more detail, pencil it out, help you figure out and, and put that, to paper. So you have numbers to measure against. And then we follow up in a couple of months to see how it's going, make some changes and and help you succeed. So again, we now have help at every single level because we realize that for most small business owners, there's too much hype out there and there's not enough reality. And our goal (laughs) is to help you have a growing and more profitable business. And if we can't help you, we'll be the first to tell you that we're a waste of money. Yeah. Rocky, how'd you get started in this? So this goes back to your story, kind of, (laughs) right? I started out when I was young, being very entrepreneurial. And then I did what I was supposed to, which was go to college. And then I got sucked into this track of a good job. I've always said, good is the enemy of great. Yes. Right? Because you get complacent. And during that whole time, I was always the finance guy. So I'd always read the Wall Street Journal where we're supposedly one of these days we're going to have a recession. I don't know when it is, but every time we used to have one, there would invariably be stories in the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal, which I'd read. And they'd be like, this guy was super successful. And at 53, the recession hit. He lost his house, you know, he couldn't find a new job and he went broke. And I was like, I never want to be that guy. So how do I prevent it so that when I'm 50 something and I get screwed over that I have an exit plan, right? So I just started building wealth the old fashioned way with things that we talked about, paying myself first, setting money aside, letting it compound. Well, so at some point, you know, I had enough money that I thought I was going to be happy, but that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. So you start to question, like, what's really going to make me happy? What would I enjoy doing? What does life, I'm going to call it retirement. Yeah. So my views on retirement have dramatically shifted. Um and that started me on a journey to explore what do I really want to do? What do I really have fun with?
1: Yeah.
0: And what will the market pay for? So this is where I think people get confused. Um, you have to have something that you love doing. You have to be good at it, right? Yeah. The world has to want it and they have to be willing to pay for it. Yeah. When you can find that intersection, that's where life comes together. It probably took me maybe eight years, nine years to figure that out for me. So it, it was it was a slow process, testing different things, having money, losing businesses, right? <laughs> you try stuff, you, you see if it works or if it doesn't. Yeah. And then eventually it, it all came together when I partnered with Profit First, because they they took over parts of the things that I didn't enjoy doing. They were the they're the kind of the visionaries of the business. I'm the the on-the-ground operator doing the work. Yeah. For me to get on all those stages and run all over the country and make my this whole system popular, that's difficult this conversation wouldn't have happened today the way it did if someone last week didn't know about profit first and introduce it to you, which then otherwise you'd be like, who is this guy? What's this? Another system. I don't really care. Right. But, but Mike has, has done that job for me and it's not the part of the, the job that I would have enjoyed doing. So it was a perfect marriage for us, but it took years to do that. And even once I started, it took me a while to build a business. and I've been told, if you're gonna start a business, expect three years. The first year, you're probably not, you're not gonna make money and you gotta figure out how to pay for your cost of living because you've gotta, you gotta run your life without your business giving you anything. Second year, business starts to to take hold, break even, make a little bit of profits, things start to flow. Mm-hmm. And then usually your third year is really where you you hit the ground running and, and you start to, to have a good and successful business. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. And you probably didn't realize it at the time, but all those, what you might think of as failed attempts, right? They just gave you data that you needed to make the right decision and recognize the right decision when it came along, right?
0: It it did. And it gave me experience, it, right. it taught me how to refine myself. like all of those things were very good learning experiences that allowed me to get to where I was. Because part of that whole process was starting my other podcast. Yeah. And so when it came time to start this podcast, it wasn't like, how do I do this? Da, 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 da. It's like, I've got the formula down. I know how to launch. I know what to do. I know all the mistakes I made with this podcast. Yeah. We can go at a hundred miles an hour. Yeah. And literally we did.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's key. Like you say, you just, you just paving the groundwork. You don't know it at the time. It feels like failure, but later on, you're like, oh, whew, thank goodness. I got that over with early. <laughs> it, it is. And, and that's what it
0: comes down to. You have to, I think the biggest thing I learned in this whole process is that most people don't take action. And until you take action, you don't learn anything. What I tell people is if you're going to take action, don't take big, hairy, crazy action. Like, don't don't take action that's going to cause you to blow up, right? I know everyone says, oh, you know, I built this business by jumping off a cliff and figured I'd build it on the way down. No, <laughs> right? Start on the ground and learn to climb and, and do it with safety. Don't make reckless decisions. That's all. Yeah,
1: And you keep going from there. Yeah. What's the biggest mistake that you see over and over again, people making?
0: So I think that comes into two things. Um, For people who haven't started, it's not starting. Yeah. It's taking the first. It is so much harder to go from zero to one than it is to go from one to a hundred. Yeah. And so I think if you haven't taken action, it's it's that first action step. Because I come at it from a finance side, I think most people don't do the back of the napkin math. They don't sit down and understand what's going on in their business and they don't pay attention to their fuel gauge. Now, in a business, there's a ton of gauges. Today, we're only literally talking about one, which is the fuel gauge. We've talked about marketing, that's another gauge. There's there's multiple gauges in a business And I think for most business owners, they never build a dashboard. They never build a scoreboard. And so they have no idea what's going on. They're flying blind. And I think once you start to put all those pieces in place, then you get to make wiser business decisions and you can play with the levers to see what happens. And there's plenty of books out there on how to run a successful business. Go read a few and learn from other people's mistakes.
1: Right. It's so true. And that's anything you want to do has been done already. And that person probably wrote a book about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They did. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So Rocky, we we talked a little bit before we started about, you know, people's why, like identifying your why. Can you just talk about that a little bit? how How you help people do that and why it's so important?
0: And so. Well, let's go back to the airplane kind of analogies, right? If I'm going to take off from LA and I know that I'm going to JFK in New York, that plane is going to, number one, make sure there's enough gas in it, right? You got to make sure you have the fuel. You've got a flight plan. You know where you're going. 99% of the time, you're off course. You might run into a storm. And somehow this pilot, I don't know how, he finds his little teeny airstrip, although JFK is big, and he lands the plane there. But what happens if you get in the plane and the pilot says, hey, we're going for a joyride. Not sure if there's any gas in this beast, but let's roll. (laughs) Like, where do you do? Are you staying on that? Are you getting off? Most people don't know where they're going. If you don't have a target, how are you going to hit it? Right. And, And more often than not, you know, most entrepreneurs have ADD. Oh, look at that. Oh, look at that. Oh, look at that. Yeah. If you don't have clarity on what you want and where you're going, it is so easy to get sidetracked into other types of things. And so we ask people a very simple question. What do you want? And most people can't answer that. Yeah. Purpose is number one. If you don't know... What, what is that quote? You know, the the best day in the life is when you figure out what your purpose is. It's
1: something like that. Oh, I don't know that one. <laughs> I'll have to look it up. I could probably find it in a minute. Um, I know if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there.
0: <laughs> yes, if you don't know, yeah. I mean, and that is so true, right? If you don't know yeah. where you're going, any road will take you there. Yeah, I in I think that's the thing. And in, in we talk about this um, There are a lot of things that school does not teach you. They don't teach you money. They don't teach you how to build relationships. They don't teach you how to figure out your purpose. They don't teach you to work on your strengths. They don't even let you know what your strengths are. So the quote is from Mark Twain. The two most important days in life are the day you're born and the day you figure out why. Oh, that's
1: great. I like that.
0: <laughs> so, you know, I think for people who can fix, some people know their why as little kids, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Most of us don't. And for, yeah. I think for most people, if you look at the reasons people died with regrets, it's because they didn't figure out their why. They yeah. didn't live their life in alignment with what they wanted. They did what everybody else told them to do.
1: And they're just unhappy and miserable. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. It, it's very easy to just take that road that everybody else is telling you. Oh, do this, do this, right. And, but why? That, but those are the ninety whatever eight ninety nine percent of people who are not particularly successful that are giving you that advice.
0: <laughs> it and it's not even that they're successful or not successful. It's that it, it's that it was their purpose or yeah. their dream or their desire. And I think that's where people get it wrong. They try to follow somebody else's life, but they aren't willing to pay the price that person paid or right. they don't have the skills that that person has. Neither of us are going to make it into the NBA. That's for sure. right? That's for <laughs> true. Right. So let's be reasonable with that. You know, if the guy in the NBA says you should be in the NBA, we're going to laugh at him because we know that's not possible. Right. But yet when someone tells us something that's possible, all of a sudden we, we go, oh, okay. And we don't think it through.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking about, this is a little bit of a detour back to where we were, but you know, in your plane example, the other thing that that gives you is that everybody who's on the plane with you is there because they want to go where you're going. Mm -hmm. You have that clarity of, of. Um, being able to lead the organization in a very effective way because everybody's on board there because they want what you're selling or they you know.
0: Now, if you're the leader of an organization and you haven't told everyone we're going to New York, right? You got a problem because <laughs> I think in a lot of organizations people are like I don't know where this organization's going, but I'm here because of X, right? And exactly. so that's where you run into problems again. And we tell people don't hire for skill, hire for cultural fit. Yeah. You can teach skills, you can learn skills. You can't change somebody's cultural fit.
1: Good advice. Excellent. So, Rocky, I I mean, our time is flying by here. I can't believe it. Um, we we did we talked about a lot of stuff that I was wanted to talk about, but how about you? Is there anything that you wish I would have asked you? Is there something that's sort of burning up? And like, it's like, oh, when is she gonna ask me about this thing? <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, I think we covered a lot of it. I mean, what I talk about usually is finance, which we talked about. We talked about getting clarity on what you want in life and in knowing your purpose in and, and taking action. I mean, those are the types of things that that I talk about all the time. Yeah. And so I think we covered the majority of it. But can I ask your listeners to do me a favor? Yes, okay. If you've enjoyed Christine's show and you like it, would you do her a favor and like hit the like button on whatever app you're listening on? You know, if you've got a friend who you're like, oh, my God, they should listen to this. Would you share it with them? Give her a little love. I'm sure she'll be happy for that.
1: Oh, thanks, Rocky. I was going to tell people the same thing about you. If you like what Rocky shared, which I know, how could you not? Then share it with a friend, right? Be generous. Pay it forward. Very so tell much people so. what's the best way for them to reach you. Oh, sorry. What'd you say?
0: No, I said, that's very true. Yeah. If people want to find, if you're a business owner and you want to understand finances, uh, the podcast is profit answer, man. So wherever you listen to podcasts, you'll find that if you're like, wait a minute, how do I figure out my purpose? How do I build a life of harmony? I want to learn that side of it. Come check out richer. Soul. we, we talk about that all the time. We've got people who have done it. We, we, show people who can help you get there and either one depending on what you need and what you want first yeah. you got to decide awesome
1: thanks so much rocky it's been a really pleasure talking with you thank you so much for having me today and thank you listener for tuning in and take rocky's advice and share this with a friend tune in next week take care